Today we're going to begin a new series called If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. And it's based on a book that was written by John Ortberg. You can put the slide up for that if you would. Uh, it's, a, it's a book that's uh, written by John Ortberg and there's a study that goes along with it that we're going to be using in our ABFs uh, as a part of this six-week series. What I share in the message on Sunday uh, is not going to duplicate what we're going to be talking about in the ABFs. There will be different information that's shared there, including a message from John Ortberg, and a chance to talk about the material more. And so we really encourage you to participate in that and to do both, to think about the questions that are being asked of each of us. One of the reasons we do a series like this in the fall where we uh, do something that everybody's looking at together is it's a good symbol of unity as a church as we start out the year together. And also it's a very good study that challenges us to take steps of faith and to trust God as we follow Him in our own life, individually and as a church. So listen to this passage of Scripture on which this series is based. Scripture says that immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, You are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, as we consider this passage of Scripture this morning, I pray that you would give us insight into what you want to teach us. And I pray that we would hear the challenge that you have for each of us to be men and women of faith who know you, who know your voice, and who follow you. And I pray that we would do that well for your honor and glory. Amen. The Christian life is a walk of faith. The Bible uses the word walk to describe our Christian life in many different places. Uh, Some of the uh, older translations did that literally using the word walk. Some of the newer translations use the word live. But we can see that, uh, that the Bible uses this word walk as a metaphor for the Christian life. And I want to just put up some examples here from the Scripture. In Galatians 5.16, for example, the Scripture says that we should walk in the Spirit or live in the Spirit. Ephesians 4.1 says we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Ephesians 5.2 tells us to walk in love. Ephesians 5.8 says we are to walk as children of light. 
1 John 2.6 says that we should walk in the same manner as He walked, as Jesus walked. And 2 Corinthians 5.7 says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Over and over again, the Bible uses this term walk to describe our Christian life. Why does it do that? Well, I think the word walk suggests some things to us. It tells us that the Christian life is not a sprint. You know, it's not this mad dash for 50 yards and then it's done. No, instead it's a long obedience in the same direction. It's a long walk of faith that we are on here. It's a journey in this life. And also the word walk, as the Scripture uses it, suggests that we are not alone in this journey either. There is one who walks with us, and that is Jesus Christ. And when we come to know Him, He sends His Holy Spirit to live within us, and He says that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And He wants us to walk with Him in fellowship in this growing relationship with Christ. And so the disciples themselves needed to learn that. They needed to learn something about who Jesus was and about what His call was for their life. And what we see in the Scriptures is that there are times in our life when God will call us to step out of the boat. The boat symbolizes our comfort zone, the kinds of things that maybe we like to hang on to for our security, our safety, or we feel more in control. And there are times when God asks us to step out of those things that may seem comfortable to us and to experience the joy and adventure of walking by faith with God. That's what we're going to be looking at today and in this series. What does it mean to walk on water? It's really a picture of what it means to walk by faith in this great adventure with God. What we see in this particular passage in Matthew's Gospel is, number one, that God puts us in circumstances that stretch our faith. And He does that over and over again because He wants us to be growing in our relationship with Him. For example, in verse 22, it says that immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. You could underline the word made there. He made them get into the boat. Now, why did he do that? Well, there are a few possible reasons for this. One is that they had just witnessed a great miracle. The feeding of the 5,000 occurred right before this. And that was a significant miracle. The Jewish people believed that when the Messiah came, He would give them bread in the wilderness just like Moses had done. And so in John's Gospel, what John tells us is that after the people saw this great miracle of the multiplying of the loaves and the fishes and they were fed, that the people came and they they wanted to make Jesus king by force. I mean, they thought He was the Messiah. And Jesus did not want the disciples to get caught up in messianic fever. And so He sent them away. Now is not the time. This is not the way or the place. And so He made them get into the boat. But secondly, we also see that Jesus wanted to spend time alone in prayer with His Father. In verse 23, it says that after He had dismissed them, He went up on a mountainside by Himself to pray. It was one of the things that Jesus did often in His life and ministry. He took those times alone with the Father to pray. It's a great example for us as well because there are those times in our life too when we would benefit 
from retreating from the busyness of life to spend time with our Heavenly Father in prayer. But thirdly, I believe that Jesus wanted to teach the disciples a lesson about faith and a lesson about who He is. He wanted them to know that He is indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. And so Jesus made them get into the boat. He sent them out and Jesus knew that a storm was coming and yet He sent these men out. He could have said to them, you know, I I think a terrible storm is coming. I think it would be best if you guys just stay here on the shore and kind of hunker down and we'll just wait this thing out. No, He didn't. He sent them out. He also knew these men were experienced fishermen. They had been on the sea before in times of storm, but they had never seen a storm like this. Jesus made them get into the boat. Do you ever feel like that in your life? Do you ever feel like Jesus just kind of pushed you out onto the water and you maybe weren't quite ready for it? You see, there are times when God calls us to take a step of faith and the decision is up to us. There are opportunities to serve in the church, for example. Maybe you hear about a mission trip and you go, you know, I've always wanted to go on a mission trip. But the choice is up to you. You know, will you take that step of faith and participate or not? Or maybe it's an opportunity to serve in a ministry and you feel like, well, I should help with the children's ministry this year or with our youth ministry. It's really up to you to decide to take that step or not. It might be the choice of changing jobs, or it might be talking with a friend about Christ, or it might be giving to help meet a need. There are times when God calls us to take a step of faith, but He leaves that choice to us. And then there are other times when it feels like God just pushed us out of the boat and it's sink or swim. And we are out there and we're kind of wondering what happened. I mean, I talked to one man who experienced a job layoff and he said it was like I was driving along and all of a sudden I hit the windshield. You know, it just was that abrupt of a change. I didn't see it coming. And maybe you've had an experience just like that. It can feel like that when you have felt like you were healthy and all of a sudden you find out that you are dealing with a significant illness. Or maybe you have cancer. Or maybe you are struggling with depression. Tough struggles that are hard and you didn't choose them. They just happened in life. Maybe you found yourself in a new position or responsibility and you're feeling kind of overwhelmed and wondering, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe it's the next step going from high school to college or maybe it's a new job that you took on or there were additional responsibilities given to you and you're kind of struggling with that right now. Well, it is in those times of trial or challenge that our faith is stretched and we come to know God in a whole new way. And those things are very, very healthy in our life. You know, I think back when uh, God called me here to serve as a pastor in this church when we were just starting out and you affirmed that call. And I had never been a pastor before or led a church. 
And there was a whole lot going on, and there were times when I'm glad that we were a new group starting out. But when I think back of all those things in the early days of incorporating as a church and setting up everything from scratch and you know, leading worship services or teaching or counseling or working with boards and committees and doing all of that, I have to admit that there were days when I felt like I was in up to my neck or over my head just because of the amount of things that had to be done. And yet it has been a great and growing adventure that continues to this day and God continues to stretch me. But what a joy it is to walk with Him and to see Him work as He has blessed in our church in these many years. You see, the key to walking on water is knowing the One who calls us. It's knowing the One who issues this command to come. What we see in this passage is that the storm had grown in intensity so much that the disciples were unable to make any headway. They were out on the lake. They had left, it seems like, in the afternoon or maybe toward evening. And they're out there rowing, and now it's in the middle of the night. And the Sea of Galilee is not that big. The Sea of Galilee is about half the size of Malax Lake. I was trying to find something that we might think of. You know, uh, the Sea of Galilee is about 100 square miles. Malax Lake is about 200 square miles. But the Sea of Galilee is much deeper, and it's located in a rift valley where there are mountains around it. And when that cold air comes through those mountain valleys and meets with the warm air over the Sea of Galilee, storms can pop up very quickly suddenly and they are severe and the Sea of Galilee also is much deeper than a lake like Malax Lake and so here they are out on the sea and this storm has come up and it is now the fourth watch of the night and that refers to that time between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. so they're there in those dark hours of the night moving toward morning and then Jesus seeing them walks out to them on the water. And when they see Him, they are terrified. They don't know who it is or what it is. And some of them cry out, it's a ghost. And they are in fear. And Jesus speaks to them words of assurance. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. In Mark's Gospel of this very same account, it says that Jesus was about to pass by them when they called out to Him. He was about to pass by walking on the water. And that particular phrase, to pass by, is a phrase that's loaded with significance. It is a theophany. It's a word that's used in the Old Testament that refers to those times when God also appeared to man in some some pretty significant situations. For example, in Exodus 33, verses 18 to 23, is the story of when Moses wanted to see God, wanted to see His glory, and God said, No one can see My face and live. And I will hide you in the cleft of the rock, and I will pass by, and you will see My glory. And so God passed by on the mountain, and Moses saw the glory of God. And also in 1 Kings 19, verses 11 and 12, there's a story of Elijah who also wanted to see God's glory. And Elijah stood on the mountain in the mouth of a cave while the glory of the Lord passed by. 
And he saw his glory. And so here is Jesus. And when Mark says that Jesus intended to pass by them in the boat, it calls to mind these passages of Scripture. The glory of the Lord is passing by. These are powerful theophanies. In Job 9.8, the Scripture says that He alone, God alone, stretches out the heavens. And God alone is the one who treads on the waters of the sea. No one else can do that but God. And so here is Jesus coming to them on the water. You know, Mark also in his Gospel shares another story of a time when the disciples were on the sea and a storm came up and Jesus was in the boat. And He was sleeping in the back of the boat and they thought they were going to be swamped and drowned and so they cried out to Jesus. They woke Him up and said, Don't you care that we are perishing? And Jesus spoke the Word and He calmed the wind and the waves. And they asked the question, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey Him? Well, I believe the answer is found here in this second account of a storm on the sea and the water. And the answer is this, that He is God. He is Lord. The One who calls us to step out of the boat is God. And that makes all the difference. When you know the One who is calling you to come, it makes all the difference. For most of us, probably the only time we'll ever walk on water will be in the winter when it is frozen. But even there in the winter, if you've lived in this area long enough, you know that ice can be dangerous and you have to know the ice in order to know when it's safe to go out on it. Because there are springs in certain parts of a lake or there may be deep parts in a lake where the water kind of boils under the ice and it keeps it thin. And so you need to be careful where you walk. You need to know the ice. But when you know the ice, you can go out on the lake with a degree of confidence because you know that it's solid and it can hold you up. And I think about that when it comes to our relationship with Christ. The better we know Jesus, the more confident we are when He calls. And the more we've seen Him at work in our life and in our world, whether it is answering answering prayers or providing for us in times of need or leading us and carrying us when we've had trials and difficulties in our life, the greater our confidence is. And the more willing we are to step out in faith when He calls. Because we know the One who calls us is God. And that makes all the difference. So thirdly, I want to say to you that walking on water calls for discernment and faith. It calls for discernment and faith. Peter said in this passage, Lord, if it's You... And he believed that it was. The the phrase there as it's used in the Greek implies that not only is he asking this question, but he believes he knows the answer. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And I point that out because I think a question that a lot of us wrestle with is, 
How do we know whether a thought or idea that we have is from God or from our own imagination? How do we know if God is calling us to do something? Serve in a ministry, take a step of faith, make a change, follow Him in terms of maybe going to talk with someone or to be obedient, to pray or get up in the middle of the night if He prompts you to pray. How do we know those things, whether they are from God or from our own imagination? I think it takes wisdom and discernment. It takes training our ear to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit within us. It takes spending time with God and His Word and prayer where we discern the kinds of things that God asks of us. I think if God is prompting you to pray, by all means, we need to pray. I think if you have an idea about a ministry or an opportunity and that keeps coming back to you over and over again, and the Lord seems to be nudging you, you need to take that step of faith. I think if you feel a prompting of the Spirit to serve or to work in an area, and maybe you have a question about it, then talk with another older believer that you respect and ask him and just say, would you pray with me about this and see what it is that God may be wanting you to do and then step out in faith, trusting God to lead. When Peter heard Jesus' voice, he stepped out of the boat and he walked on the water toward Jesus. It wasn't until he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to look at the waves around him and the wind that he began to sink. And he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus was there to lift him up. Now sometimes in our life we are going to step out in faith and we will have great success. And you'll step out in obedience and you'll trust God and God's just going to bless and it's going to feel like the wind is in your sails and this was the right move or the right decision or the right time to speak and God used you. And those are wonderful moments. And sometimes we'll step out in faith and it may feel like failure. And you may step out in faith and there's the struggle and there's the battle and you're kind of wondering, you know, was this it or is this what I should be doing? And it might feel like a real struggle at first. Hang in there. Persevere and trust God and watch Him work. Because God is there even in those times of struggle in times when we may feel like we fail. I love this quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know about his relationship with God, but I've always liked this quote. And when Theodore Roosevelt said, It is far better, far better it is to dream glorious dreams, even though checkered with failure, than it is to live in that gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. I think that's very appropriate for the believer. I think it's better to take those steps of faith and to have those times when we may risk things for the kingdom of God than it is to always stay in the boat where it's safe and comfortable. Peter may have felt like a failure, but he learned a great lesson on faith that day. And only Peter experienced the joy of walking on water while the others stayed in the boat. And the good news is here that even when we fail, Jesus is there to lift us up and catch us. 
And so take that risk that God is calling you to. Take that step of faith and obedience when God asks you to act, to give, to serve, to pray, to speak to someone, to take a new step in another direction that maybe you have been thinking about for some time. And so I'd ask you this morning, or I make this statement first, that if we are going to experience the thrill of walking on water, we've got to get out of the boat. And let me ask you then, what is God asking you to do? What is that step of, step of faith that He is asking of you? And then secondly, what is your boat? What is it that's holding you back or your comfort zone that you are kind of hanging on to? Are you willing to let go of that and trust God and go on this great adventure, this walk of faith? Let's pray. Father, when I think about the challenge that you give to us in your word, um, the possibilities of what that may be are quite great. And I don't know what it is that you may be wanting to do in each of our hearts, each of our lives right now, but I pray that you would make that clear by your Holy Spirit. What it is, the step of obedience that you want us to take. Maybe it's dealing with a struggle in our life and putting that sin behind us. Maybe it's an opportunity that we have to serve You and we've been hesitant. Or maybe there's somebody we know we've been praying for and now's the time to talk to them about Christ or to invite them to church or invite them to the outreach that we have coming up. Lord, would You show us what it is that You want each of us to do and then help us like Peter to be obedient in answering Your call to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.